hearing the interpretation. They start hearing these tongues in their own language, whether it be the tongue itself or the interpretation. It doesn't matter. They heard in their own language talking about the good things of God. They were hearing them preach the gospel to them. And, but they were looking drunk, and everybody's like, what's wrong with these people? And it was the Holy Ghost giving them a boldness and a power to deliver the word and, and that day, then Peter gets up and says, this is, they are not drunk as you suppose. This is that which was prophesied by Joel, that in the last days, my spirit will be poured out on all flesh. And then he starts preaching. And, and the end result is 3,000 people came to the Lord in one day. The power of the Holy Ghost. We need the power of the Holy Ghost. We need the power. Now, turn to John, I believe it's chapter 10. Or excuse me, chapter 20. <clears throat> John, chapter 20 and verse 19. Timeline. Timeline. Ephesians 5, years later. Acts chapter 1, 40 days after the resurrection. Acts chapter 2, 50 days after the resurrection, right here together. John chapter 20 was back here before Jesus had been crucified. Or, excuse me, after Jesus had been crucified. All right? So John chapter 14, 15, 16, 17, basically 15 through 17, but in 14 he's talking... In John chapter 15, Jesus starts praying for the church. He starts praying, and he prays 15, 16, 17. In John chapter 14, 15, and, or 15 16, 17, he starts praying, even in 14 too, and he's saying, starts talking about the Holy Ghost is coming, the promise of the Holy Spirit. He starts, and then all of a sudden, he prays that they have the Last Supper, he goes and is crucified, and then he's resurrected from the dead. And then here it is in John chapter 20, after the tomb is empty, in verse 19, so when it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were, and for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them both his hands and his side. The disciples then rejoiced when they saw the Lord. This was a physical body now glorified. A glorified physical body. And how did he get into the room? I ain't sure. The door was shut. Uh, it looks like he just walked through the door. He just appeared. He's, he's just being translated. Just This is a glorified body. Glorified body. He just, he's just there. I mean, all of a sudden, can you imagine? And you've got to understand, there's some of these things that you were called to walk in. This translation didn't just happen here. It happened when they were on the boat, too. You remember when he calmed the storm, peace be still? All of a sudden, in one of the Gospels, it says, and immediately they were at the other side. Remember Philip? He was preaching to the eunuch in Acts uh, chapter 7, 6, 7, or 8. And he's preaching to the eunuch, and all of a sudden it says, and immediately he was not there, but somewhere else. 
This is, this is what can happen when Jesus is raised up on high. All things that the Father has are mine. I, behold, I've granted and given to you everything pertaining to life and godliness. Everything you need to preach this word, if it be translation, you got it. But it's through the working and the manifestation of the Holy Ghost, which is why the devil fights it. And so here he is. He just appears. And he shows them his hands and his eyes. The disciples then rejoiced when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. Now, un- before we go any further, turn back a couple of chapters to John chapter 17 and verse 20. John 17, verse 20. Thank you, Father. So, click on the other in the store Tamil. John chapter 17 and verse 20. This is Jesus praying for all believers. Now, at the present, there was only basically the disciples in front of him. But look at verse 20, see what it says. It says, I do not ask on behalf of these alone, these who? These that are sitting in front of me. I don't just ask on their behalf, but for those who believe in me through their word. So now, who is included in these prayers? Amen. He said, me. Me. If you're a believer, you're included in everything that Jesus prayed uh, from 14 through 17. That whole prayer, you're included in it all. If he prayed it for the disciples, he prayed it for you. And if you're not a believer, all you got to do is just believe on Christ, make him the Lord of your life, and everything he prayed is now yours. Including the part that says, and no evil will befall you. Or when he says, I'm not taking you out of this world, but Father, keep them from the evil one. You are kept Glory to God. You are kept. You are kept from the evil one. That's already a promise. Now, you might not have known it till now, but that's a promise that Jesus prayed. Does Jesus get his prayers answered? You better believe it. But look at this. In verse 18, who was he praying for? Say me. And what does he say in verse 18? As you sent me into the world, he's talking to the Father. As you sent me into the world, Father... I also have sent them into the world. Now, that can mean a couple of things, and I think it means both. It can mean the mission that you gave me. Father, the mission you gave me, I'm giving to them. That's number one. Number two, the ability and provision that you sent me with, I send them with. So if he walked in that power then you can walk in that power. Now, where's another scripture that talks about this? Well, he said this, back a couple of chapters, he said, greater works will you do, these and more. In other words, he's saying, you're going to do the works that I do and more. And you're going to do them because of the Holy Ghost, because of the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. We need the work of the Holy Spirit. So then here in verse 20, he says, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And now, listen, right now, in verse 20, are they born again? Are they born again? What gave you life in the garden? You remember? What gave you life in the garden? 
formed, formed the earth, formed the earth. And life was in human beings. But then we know that life was taken when we ate of the fruit. Because it's not a physical life that keeps you alive. It's spiritual life. And what was lost was a spiritual life. And then all of a sudden, look at right here. They were dead. We were dead in our sins because of the curse and because of the fall of man until the legalities had been handled and the son of the seed of the woman crushed the head of the enemy, and which he did uh, on that cross and in that grave. And all of a sudden, now in a glorified body, he went and he took and he put the blood... He took his precious blood and sprinkled it on the altar and the price was paid once for all time never to be taken back again. Everyone that will call on the name of the Lord shall be saved and he will breathe his life-giving breath into you again. So in verse here, verse 22, it says, Peace be with you as the Father sent me, I also send you. So every believer is sent. And then he says this. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Now, was this here, John chapter 20, was this, John chapter 20, the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Was this the promise? No. Because over in Acts, this is, this is just a day or so after the resurrection. Forty days later, right when he's taken up, he says, You haven't received it, but it's coming. Wait in Jerusalem till you receive the promise, for he had not been given yet. They had received the Holy Ghost, but they had not received the infilling and the baptism, the promise of the Father yet. There was a difference between the two. And then over in Acts chapter 8, I think chapter 10 and chapter 19, you see three different instances, I believe it's those three, you see instances where people were born again, but they didn't have the fullness of the Holy Ghost right. yet. We need the working of the Holy Spirit, and it comes by the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So if you see on the timeline, what you see is God give them the Holy Spirit, then over here in Acts, he promises the baptism because the baptism hadn't happened yet. Ten days later, they get the baptism. And then some years later, to the church and to the future church until the return of Christ, he says, keep getting filled, keep getting baptized as a command. So this, this is two separate instances. When they got received the breath of Jesus and received the Holy Spirit in John chapter 20, they got born again. But over in Acts chapter 2, they got filled with the Holy Ghost. And that filling of the Holy Ghost is necessary to be the witnesses. How can you go and be sent like him if you don't have the fullness of the promise, which is going to empower you and give you the confidence and manifest the power of God to do the greater works? And to have those things in your life, you can't. You must have it, and that's why the devil fights it. He even will say that it's all that when they when you get born again, you've got it all. You don't have it all. You can receive it at the same time, but it doesn't mean that you automatically will. It's two separate things. The think about it like this. I heard this was a great uh, great statement. Let me see that bottle, please. Thank you, ma'am. So if you were in if you were in the desert, 
And let's say that you were dying of dehydration in the desert and you've been going through and you're on your last breath, right? And all of a sudden, uh, you, in front of you, it's not a mirage, but there's a cup of water, right? You would be able to take that cup of water and that one cup of water, you would drink it, take it into your system, and it would save your life. But that's totally different from actually finding a real oasis and jumping in that joker, right? And being filled and overflowed with it. Having so much water that you don't know what to do with yourself. Having something that can manifest life around it and grow plants and fruit and food and everything else. There's a provision in the overflow. There's a life here and we've got to have the life. We've got to have that life-giving cup, that life-giving portion of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. The Holy Spirit is what seals our salvation. But Jesus says don't stop with just a life-giving water and just save yourself from the impending death. Go on to the place where you find the oasis. That's the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And walk in that so that around it, it can be full of life, teeming with life. All of a sudden you can have fruit and trees and fish can be in there. Plenty to drink from. And you've got enough now, you can pour it out on other people too. That's the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We need to walk in it. We need the work of the Holy Spirit. Now I just want you right now, if you want to be filled with the Holy Ghost, you want, Lord, I need to be filled the way that pastor's talking about, I just want you to come up right now and we're going to pray. You'll notice in Acts that this happened, that Paul and, and the apostles, they laid their hands on people. And when they laid hands on them, the power of the Holy Ghost was released and the power. I'm not just believing for the baptism of the Holy Ghost in your life. I'm believing that the power of the Holy Ghost and the work of the Holy Spirit will start to work in your life. That it, He will work in your life and start to manifest the power that He wants to bring about in your life. Amen? So whatever it is you need, when you come up to be filled, understand too that the working of the Holy Spirit is going to start fixing that thing in your life too. If it's finances, he's going to start fixing those finances. If, it, if it's health, he's going to start fixing that health. If it's a restoration in your family, he's going to start bringing restoration. If it's protection, he's going to bring protection. He's going to manifest those things. So I just, everybody come on up right now and let's just be filled and overflowing with the Holy Spirit. As we do it, we're also just going to take communion at the same time. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hey, hallelujah. Yeah, just uh, even if you're uh, standing, just go ahead and stand up to receive. Just stand up to receive. Glory to God. As we take communion tonight in the same process, here's what we're saying. Here's what we're seeing in it. Lord, you paid a price. You broke your body and you shed your, shed your blood. And Lord, I honor that price. And I will not be somebody who sits on the sideline irresponsible of the commandments that God has told me 
to do. I will be the person that takes the price that you paid and I will, I will reap the harvest of the seed of your life and you will reap the fruit of my life. I'm not taking this communion lightly. You abide in me and I abide in you. When I take this communion, I'm saying that I will live for you. I will live by your power and by your strength. I will live by you. I will let your life that you shed for me empower me to give my life. I will let your life that you broke for me empower me to live a life of fullness and to walk it out. Lord, I don't take this lightly. When I, when I take this uh, body and blood today, it is a covenant. It is a covenant between you and I that I will walk the way you want me to walk. From this day forward, I will not give myself to the flesh and to sin. I ask you to forgive me for that. I ask you, to, I ask you by faith, I receive forgiveness of every sin that I've made. Lord, and I thank you that it will be cast into the sea of forgetfulness. It will be removed as far as the east is from the west. It will be remembered no more. Every one of my sins, I'm free and clear by faith. I receive it. But I don't just, I'm not just confessing it. Lord, I'm handing it over. I'm repenting. I'm telling you, I won't do it anymore. I will walk in holiness. I will walk in your way. Jesus, I will walk in your way. I will walk with you. I will walk like you. And I'll be empowered because you gave yourself. Every bit of empowerment that you gave to me by shedding your life, by giving your life, I take that strength to live a life to you. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. So what I'm getting at is when you take this communion, don't just throw it down the hatch. Don't just throw it down the hatch. Understand what it means. We're talking about the body and the blood of Christ. I'm not, I'm not lightly esteeming the price that he paid. You're talking about somebody that was alive, that became dead, that gave his life for you. Gave his life for you. Okay, yeah. Thank you, Lord. When we were on our trip, just listen to me for a second, and I want you to think about how this applies as we take communion today. While we were on our trip to Hawaii, we purposefully stayed in uh, Oahu, where Honolulu is, for a couple of days, specifically so that we could go to the Pearl Harbor Memorial. I had been there some years ago, and it really touched me. I was looking forward to seeing it again and honoring the people that gave their lives for freedom in this country. Unfortunately, when we got there, it was one of the most disrespectful places I've been to in my history. The people were rude. Even the plaques that they had to honor the people, they were so worn and not taken care of, you couldn't even read them. And it wasn't just one, it was so many of them. To me, it was like killing those people all over again by our own hand because they weren't honoring. If you're not going to honor it, then just shut it down. 
but don't, don't pretend to honor and leave it at that place. Don't, don't disrespect like that. You know, these men gave their lives, these men and women, they gave their lives. Either honor or don't, right? But don't pretend. When we're taking communion, and does that like hurt your heart to hear that story? Imagine how it hurts God's heart when we pretend to say, Jesus, I'm for you and I'm taking your life in me, and then we don't live it. As you take communion today, don't pretend. Either you're going to take his ways and live in his love, or you're not. If you're not, and you know you're not, then don't take communion. Work that out. That's okay. But if you take it today, take it for real. This represents the life that was laid down willingly for you. Jesus laid his life down willingly for you. And even if you're not at the place to take it, then consider this. When you were his enemy, he said, I still love you enough to give you my life. What you have in front of you is a symbol of the passion that he had for you to lay down his life. Lord, I'm not going to take that lightly. I'm going to let it, I'm changed today as I take communion. I remember the price. I remember the love that you poured out to give me your life. And I'm going to let it change me. I'm going to, I'm going to let it move me to forgiveness, move me to the fruit of the Spirit. I'm going to let it move me to be filled with the Holy Ghost. So, Father, today we're changed. Even if we were doing great, after this day we'll be doing greater. Today we're changed. We receive it. And the Word says this. This is a miracle meal. It teaches us this is a miracle meal. That when you take the body and the blood and you esteem it properly, all of a sudden there's a power of God in remembering the price that Jesus paid and taking it in. It opens up our mind. It brings life to our body. And it's all got to do with the spiritual nature of opening yourself up to God. Lord, we receive today the fullness of your life as we take that communion and we praise you for it. Just pray this with me. Just say, Father, I receive Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. I'm not playing games anymore. He's the director of my life. I believe he died for me. I believe he died for my sins. And those, he, it took him to the cross and to the grave. But he didn't stay there. Your love and your power, the Holy Spirit of power, brought him back to life and raised him up and seated him in heavenly places. The place of all power and authority. And your word says... That I wasn't left dead. I was raised up with him and seated with him. And so today, as I receive the body and the blood, I receive fullness of life, fullness of power, and fullness of authority. And I ask you, Jesus, as my Lord and the one who promised, fill me. Baptize me, Baptize me with the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost 
and with fire. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may take the body and the blood.